I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? John Anik, Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, thank goodness it's fight week. Thought I wanted a couple weeks off. I love my children. I got to get away from the kids here for a little bit. It's Monday, December 2nd. Good to have you with us. Episode 227 of the Anakin Florian podcast. I I found myself appreciating the weather this morning when I went for a little jog, you know, that this is kind of my every day and it never was this way for most of my life. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's like in the 60s and people over here in LA are like, it's so cool. You go to Boston, you let me know what the what the temp is like over there. But uh, it feels good, man. I ate way too much food for Thanksgiving, but oh, uh, it's great to be here with you. I can't look good on camera today. I got five days <laughs> five days to, to slim down into a David August suit for uh, UFC fight night over versus Rosenstrike, but a lot for us to get into before we get there, obviously. Last week on the program, we speculated as to whether or not Conor McGregor would be back on January 18th. We can now confirm the return, as was reported on Thanksgiving Day by ESPN's Brett Okamoto. It shall be done, and it's the fight, Kenny, that you and most people expected. Conor McGregor, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, about four years in the making, right? I mean, Conor's first... Connor's name was first uttered by Donald Cerrone, I guess, back in 2015. And uh, two of the biggest names in the sport set to engage here in about 50 days, kid. Uh, without a doubt. And, you know, the most common question I get when I'm walking around and I'm talking to, uh, you know, your common mixed martial arts fan or your hardcore mixed martial arts fan is, Kenny, do you think Conor McGregor is going to fight again? Who do you think he's going to fight? I can now say that that answer uh, is yes, he will fight again. He's going to be fighting Cowboy Cerrone. It's really the biggest fight you can make. These guys have been kind of going back and forth uh, for a little while now. There's been talk about this fight uh, for a long time. Both guys want this fight. I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was a little surprised that it's taking place at welterweight and not at lightweight. However, I think we're going to see the best from Donald Cerrone because of that. Um, I I think I think that uh, cut down to 155 pounds is difficult for Donald Cerrone. Um, I don't think it's a difficult cut to 55 for uh, for Conor McGregor. Sorry, um, and. I think we're going to get a great fight. Both these guys love to move forward. I think with Cowboy Cerrone, um, he he truly believes he can win this fight. This is going to be a huge payday for him. And for Conor McGregor, uh, I I think this is a great fight for him as well. Both these guys have huge fan bases. This was the fight. So as far as the matchup is concerned, and you mentioned it will be contested at 170 pounds, that was most people's expectation, especially given the timeline. Yeah. But what do you think about the matchup? In the past, Donald Cowboy Cerrone has suggested that he would maybe take a Nate Diaz approach and try to get the fight to the ground and and try to maybe test that submission defense of Conor McGregor. But at least now, leading up to this fight, it seems like he has talked about standing and trading and trying to give the fans what they want. What type of fight are you expecting January 18th? Uh, I see two major strengths here for Cowboy Cerrone. One, uh, leg kicks. Utilizing his kicking game, uh, trying to be the longer, taller guy out there against Conor McGregor. To do that, he needs to be able to back up Conor McGregor repeatedly in this fight. Not going to be easy against that pressure style uh, of Conor McGregor. The other thing is, you already mentioned it, for him to take this fight down to the ground. Cowboy Cerrone has a sneaky, uh, very good, sneaky, good uh, double leg takedown that he utilizes from time to time. Um, I do think he has advantage on the ground when it comes to the submission game. Uh, positionally uh, is usually pretty solid. Um, however, I, I think Cowboy is going to be more dangerous with this submission game. Um, I, I think because of that, he needs to be the guy that is pressuring in this fight. Conor McGregor is at his best when he's pressuring, looking for that left-hand counter. Um, and traditionally, that's a style uh, that has given a lot of problems uh, to Cowboy Cerrone. So let's see if Cowboy Cerrone has been able to figure this out. He's going to need lateral movement. He can't get stuck, uh, stuck up against the fence against someone like Conor McGregor. 
Mike Bond from MMA Junkie has a great article out there setting up the timeline of this fight from January 2015 until ultimately January 2020 when it shall be done. Uh, I think they had their first interaction at the UFC's Go Big press conference, uh, mm-hmm. which was in 2015, September. And uh, the legs, the wheels have been in motion for a long time. So here we are, McGregor opening a 3-1 to one favorite over Donald Cerrone. Likely would have been the underdog or maybe just a slight favorite, Kenny, against some of the other guys we talked about. I think Justin Gaethje chief among them right with his three fight winning streak including a recent win in a main event over Donald Cowboy Cerrone but it will be McGregor it will be Cerrone it will be a massive pay-per-view and it is January 18th and we will have more on that here shortly as we welcome in Ray Longo Ray Longo now joins us live what's up big man oh man I'm love love I'm listening to you guys talk I love it so what are your thoughts on this matchup for Conor McGregor and Donald Cowboy Cerrone as an opponent. I mean, certainly uh, the wheels have been in motion for some time, and now there's not much time now before they're going to lock the door behind them. Yeah, look, I look, I got to tell you, man, I, I I just heard you say three to one favorite for McGregor. Man, I think that's pretty huge, man. I I I think I think Cerrone could get this job done. I mean, the other guy hasn't fought in a while. That fight is around the block. I haven't really, not that I follow a lot, like of you know, the social media shit, but, I mean, if he's not in camp training as of a couple of weeks ago or months ago, uh, this is a tough fight. Five rounds, I don't think he's a five-round fighter. I think, uh, you know, Kenny said something right. I think if if uh, Cerrone pushes the pace early and this guy kind of hits one of those points where he gasses out a little bit, I think Cerrone will take complete advantage of that. So uh, it's an interesting fight, but three to one I thought is a, is a is pretty huge. I wouldn't have thought it was going to go that high. I'm I'm assuming uh, I, that's going think... to get closer. As... You go ahead. Yeah, Ray makes a great point, John, and it's something to talk about. Is when you're a professional fighter, you have to stay in the gym all the time. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And with Conor McGregor, he's been busy with a lot of other things, you know, from his business ventures with Proper 12 uh, to, you know, being at court and all the other things that he's had to deal with. Um, you need to be in the gym all the time. Now, that may be the case that he's been training kind of secretly the whole time, but he, I don't like the fighters that only train when they're in camp, when they have a fight coming up. Um, I, I think Donald Cerrone is one of those guys who's always in the gym. That's why he's taking a fight like every month or whatever it is. He's, he has the busiest you know, schedule probably in the UFC. That's going to be an advantage for Cerrone. You know, mentally, physically, spiritually, being in the gym all the time is a huge advantage. And I'm not sure that's been the case for Conor McGregor. Yeah, I, I I agree, man. I got to tell you, I'm looking at it more as a cash grab for McGregor. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just I think Kavanaugh would have been a little more vocal about him being back in training, and I, it looks like even there could be some uh, uneasiness between those two now. I, I don't know what's going on, but I think uh, a three to one favor. I would take Cerrone as the underdog any day of the week for that. I, I, you know, because like like Kenny says, he's got he's got a great left hand counter. He's got a really, really his distancing, his timing, everything is perfect. But besides that, man, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Cerrone's got a lot of tools. He's big. It's at one seventy. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, I'm, I'm, I, it's intriguing. I'm not sure. Like, look, I'd rather. I'd rather watch uh, Khabib against Ferguson. That's that's the match that I think everybody wants to see. This is more of a curiosity thing to me, you know, because the guy's been away so long, and how is he yeah. going to come back? And uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, and in this sport, Kenny, and, and oh, hold on a second. In oh, you take sport, your time. Yeah, no, in this sport, you know, you know, when you're gone for a couple of years, you you lose a lot of traction, man. They forget yeah. about you really easy in this sport. So, you know, you got to remember it with the ESPN stuff. Is is McGregor going to bring a lot of new subscribers to ESPN for this fight, or is it the people that are already subscribed just going to watch it? I mean, I don't know. I, there's a, there's a lot a lot lot of a lot of questions and answers on this one. See, to me, it comes down to Conor McGregor's MMA legacy. And Ken Flo, to your point earlier, people coming up to you in the streets, is he going to fight again? And I've always felt like he wants to do more. He wants to put a better MMA resume on paper. And at least Las Vegas, 
one angle, they're suggesting that he has chosen a pretty winnable fight to try to come back and get on a championship course, Ray. I mean, certainly there's a monetary component to this. You know, I mean, Conor McGregor is coming back at a different time when the likes of Israel Adesanya has emerged in his absence. Um, there's definitely a financial thing here, but I do believe that Conor is driven by the championship, and, and I got to think he's going to present a pretty good version here, or at least try to maximize these next five or six weeks. I don't know. Ah, man, I, I'm not seeing it like that, but, uh, you know, only time can tell. And again, you know, with Christmas and New Year's, that fight is around the block. That fight is it right is. here. So if he's not, in the, like, I, I don't know, I just, Kenny's right. I, look, as a trainer, I see it. Guys just train for that fight. Drives me crazy. Drives me absolutely out of my mind. And then I see yeah. the guys that are in the gym all the time, and it's a totally different atmosphere, totally different vibe. You know, and if, and we know this guy's been troubled with a lot of stuff outside, and uh, I don't know, man. It, I think he's got a – he did pick the right guy, you know what I mean? But Cerrone could still win that fight, I think, uh, hands down. Yeah. A- a- anyone – Anyone who gets a fight against Conor McGregor, that is a life-changing fight for them. What's more motivating yeah. than that? The money, the ability to have a Conor McGregor uh, head on your resume, that is right. huge for people. So, uh, you know Cowboy Cerrone is going to come in there fired up and ready to go. And, and he deserves it. He's been around long enough. I like watching the guys yeah. that really have fought their balls off and have taken fights and fight off and he deserves it if anybody deserves it Cerrone deserves it I'm happy for him and I really hope he gets the job done I and I think he's he's had now a little more, more time off than he's used to and I think it's yeah. going to be to his advantage I think so I too and I don't know what amounts to a life-changing payday for Donald Cowboy Cerrone given given his spending habits but uh hopefully <laughs> this is as close to a life-changing payday as he has ever had in the UFC uh, but, Ray, to your point, take five. Tony Ferguson, Khabib Nurmagomedov, official for April 18th, Brooklyn, New York. You can drive there if you so choose. You got 28-0 versus 25-3. Khabib, 12-0 in the UFC. Ferguson, 12 consecutive wins at 155 pounds in the UFC. I'm jumping out of my skin, Raymond. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This is this is the biggest sporting event or one of them in my lifetime. It really is. It feels that way. Uh, this is for everything for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's why I say out of the two fights, this is the fight. If you're a if you're a fight fan, this is the fight you want yeah. to see. And again, I, I'm not, I don't want to drag it back to McGregor, but I think he misses that and he knows that, and that's why he's getting in. He might be jumping back too early or unprepared. Who knows? But if you're a fight fan, this is the fight for 2020, and this is an intriguing fight. And man, I, I don't even know what what what'll happen in that fight. I mean, I could see. Both guys winning on a variety, not a variety of ways, but I could definitely make a case for each guy winning. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, <clears throat> this weekend we have a main event in Washington, D.C. in the heavyweight division. Alistair Overeem against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. This is the month you get paid, Ray. Uh, so fatten your wallet. What do you think about <laughs> Overeem and, and Suriname's Jarzinho Rosenstrike coming up here Saturday night on ESPN? Well, I thought you were going to offer me uh, a bet that I can't pronounce that guy's name because I had Rosenschmacker. <laughs> uh, I think I might go with Hockenschmacker. What's his That's name your guy. again? <laughs> uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Garzinho Just like it's spelled. Just like it's spelled, right? Let me tell you something. That, that guy deserves to. That guy deserves to lose just on that name. I, I don't even. I don't even know who's winning that fight. But I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, what's his name again? <laughs> Garzino Rosenschnacker. I'm going with That's him. That's good. That's good. What a dick. <laughs> Rosenschnacker. <laughs> you know, imagine uh, people joking about Francis Ngannou a couple years ago. Have you seen? I mean, you don't want to get punched in the face by Jarzino Rosenstrike. That's true. He's a big man. Exactly. Wait, what are you talking about? I'm picking him to win. Why would he be mad at me? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, gotta, I stand correct. I'm mad at him. I have a speech impediment. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> He's getting down on me for All right, buddy. Well, uh, anything else before we let you go? I know you got Billy Q, obviously. You'll have an eye on him. He'll be competing also on ESPN prelim portion this weekend. Anything else before we let you fly, buddy? Yeah, let me tell you something. Pulling for Billy Q. What a nice guy, man. 
You don't meet a better guy. Uh, are you you're at that fight? I will be there. All right. You're gonna have you met Billy Q yet? No, I have a phone call with him uh, tomorrow, and actually, I believe I have a sit down with him on Thursday. So I'll be sure to drop yep. that Ray Longo name and see how far it gets me. Yeah, you're gonna love that kid. He's a real sweetheart. I wish him the best. Uh, he looked good. He came over here for a week. Uh, he, he looks pretty good. Um, and I have uh, Jenny Nadell fighting at the Garden this uh, this Friday oh, wow. night at a big. We got a big card at the Garden, and uh, she fights. I forget the name of her opponent, but she's a champion uh, kickboxer, so it should be a great fight. And we also have Anthony Delemi uh, doing an MMA fight. So big weekend for the gym. Let's go. Your voice is so good, and that's why we have you since episode one. But it's like I could hear you just drop names of fighters that I've never heard of, and it sounds good. We got fucking Jenny Nadell over here competing at the Garden <laughs> yeah, Friday night. Here, I mean, just keep Gardenio going. Rosen. I'm going with Gardenio <laughs> Rosen strike. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, is that so in, good? In all seriousness, I know Jenny Nadell is like your third daughter, so I wish you guys the best on Friday night, and uh, we will talk to you next Monday getting ready for the big pay-per-view coming up on the 14th, all right? Damn, looking forward to it. All right, guys, listen, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we're, on to the, we're on to December. That's right, man. It's a quick turn, and, and after a couple of dark weeks, we're ready to go, buddy. We'll talk to you uh, in about six and a half days, all right? Awesome. All right, guys, take it easy, man. Thanks, Ray. All right, there it is. The Ray Longo Minute every week here on the Anik and Florian podcast. So Donald Cerrone posted about this Conor McGregor fight on social media. It was November of 2018. I think it was after he won a fight. and He said, this is the fight I want. And it was shot down at the time by Dana White. Then January of 2019, Cerrone gets that big win over Alexander Hernandez. McGregor on Twitter writes, for a fight like that, Donald, I'll fight you. Congratulations. And then, of course, Cerrone didn't get the fight, went on to beat Ally Quinta. But imagine the anticipation had the fight happened at that point in time. And and Cerrone's losses, granted, against Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. So you don't lose too much shine there. And at the end of the day, you're still, uh, you know, the record book whore. Donald Cowboy Cerrone got every record you could possibly want. But imagine if they had struck at that point in time and Connor was ready to go at that point in time after the Alexander Hernandez fight, Cerrone would have championship-type momentum and maybe the narrative going into this fight would be a little bit different. I agree, but you know what? Um, Recently, not from several years ago, but when Cowboy Cerrone uh, gets, you know, when he's a little inconsistent, um, I think he's most dangerous. It's funny, coming off of a loss, Donald Cerrone... Uh, tends to come back with a lot of fire within him. And I think he's going to be coming really strong here against uh, Conor McGregor alone, whether he's winning or not. But coming off of a loss, I think Cowboy Stroney is most dangerous. I, I, I really believe that. I really am curious how he's going to approach it as a pure mixed martial arts contest, though, because there seems to be a path of least resistance, and maybe it was one he would have taken at one point in his career, and maybe he won't take it on January 18th. But big picture, great to have Conor McGregor back. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, obviously richly deserving of the showcase, and we want to give that fight a little shine off the top of the show here today. But April 18th, Kenny, Tony Ferguson, Khabib Nurmagomedov, you know, people think I'm overstating it. Even my friends are, are reaching out to me after I tweet that this has a, a very much a Patriot Super Bowl feel for me, even though I don't have a, a dog in the fight. This is as good as it gets. And I don't know what my level of excitement was the first time this fight was booked compared to the third or the fourth and now fifth. But uh, I'm going to be anxious sitting there getting ready to call this thing on April 18th. And obviously we all hope that it that it holds together. Oh we have gosh. all this promotional time right now. Um, but good on the UFC without much reluctance, I wouldn't think, getting this thing done for a fifth time. It, it's a fight that had to happen. Uh, to both, happen. These, both these guys are at the top of their game right now. Uh, I'm not going to lie, my hands are sweaty just thinking about this fifth meeting. I hope that it takes place. It better take place. Um, you know, when you look at Tony Ferguson and his kind of Terminator style of pressure you, walk you down, beat you up, cut you up, one thing is for sure, Khabib is going to be in a fight, and he will know immediately after that first round. Sometimes it takes Tony Ferguson a little bit to warm up, but once he gets going, once that motor gets going, man, watch 
out. And I think for Habib, um, you know, he, he's got to be very careful whether he's on the feet or on the ground. Tony Ferguson is absolutely fearless. He will look for submissions from everywhere, whether it's there or not, but he's going to keep Habib guessing and, and defensive, I think, at times. Um, I also think he's the kind of guy that he doesn't care if you're undefeated. He doesn't care if you're from Dagestan. He doesn't care if it's for the belt or not. He's going to try to kill you. Literally, he is not intimidated by anyone. He's going to move forward regardless. Um, he's not going to be intimidated uh, by anyone in the octagon. And I think a lot of people get defeated by Habib before they even walk in there. That is not going to be the case for Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Ferguson. So mentally, that is a huge thing for Tony Ferguson walking into this fight. Um, not to mention, look at his momentum. He is might as well be undefeated heading into this fight. This guy has had an absolutely stellar career up to this point. I think he's a Hall of Famer no matter yes. what happens heading into this. The fact that he has gone undefeated for so long in the UFC's most difficult division is just insane to me. Um, and, and look at his competition. I think in a lot of ways he's faced tougher guys than Habib Nurmagomedov. Right, uh, right. And, and again, the fact that he's uh, coming into this with this kind of consistency at this point in his career, I think it's perfect. Uh, and, you know, Tony Ferguson definitely has a shot just based on his mental capacity and his nastiness in the octagon. It is crazy to think that Tony Ferguson, for one reason or another, has never competed for the undisputed UFC lightweight championship of the world, despite being the first guy in the division's history to get a double-digit winning streak at 155 pounds, right, which is very difficult to do. It's crazy, the whole narrative on Tony's career and how much it could potentially swing on this fight. For me, if there was any sort of voting body, right, this is a first ballot undisputed Hall of Famer, just on the merits of his body of work getting to this no point, doubt. the interim championship tremendous tremendous fighter i think a lot of guys in that lightweight top 10 would say if khabib is not the toughest matchup for them then, then certainly it is tony ferguson but i do want to laud khabib for being the impetus for this fight being put together right this is not a drag your feet type of champion the only thing that gets in the way of khabib's schedule is you know maybe the nevada state athletic commissioner ramadan right and the desire for these current champions to fight these very difficult fights against these number one contender types, whether it's Paulo Costa or Tony Ferguson, I, I think Habib deserves a lot of credit for wanting this win on his resume and making sure that this was the title defense that got booked. You could also uh, argue that the factor that these guys have tried to fight each other four times and it hasn't happened. One of these guys gets injured or something oh. crazy happens. I mean, that's going to be on the, on the back of both of these uh, guys' minds heading into this fight. Stay healthy. Make sure that none of the, you know, none of these other crazy things happen. Um, I think every scenario has happened at this point. Uh, so hopefully there's there's nothing else that can prevent this fifth meeting from happening. Uh, but man, uh, I I do get nervous thinking about it. But it's a fight that absolutely had to happen. When you train like Tony Ferguson does, and certainly Habib's regimen is the stuff of legends as well, but I just remember Eddie Bravo looking me in my eyes and being like, dude, he trains for six fucking hours. He barely sips water. It's nuts. I think, thankfully, he probably doesn't worry too much. He goes so hard, Ken Flo, in training that he's like, look, if, you know, if I'm going to get injured in this camp, you know, I'll either fight injured or so be it, you know. Um, but that's the thing, too, is I said for Dustin Poirier, you get that undisputed championship opportunity against Khabib in Abu Dhabi. I don't care if you're 60%, you probably got to make that walk. And I do think there's a little component of that here. You know, April 18th, these guys do feel the pressure not just to win, but, but to make that walk, you know, and make sure that this fight finally happens. Uh, definitely. And, and for Habib, just to give him a little love, um, I don't know if we've had any guy in, in the modern era who is has been as dominant as Habib, given the fact that we know exactly what he's going to do. Everybody knows what Habib is going to do, yet he goes out there and does exactly that time and time again. So uh, this guy is just so dominant. Um, he matches up very well against Tony Ferguson as, uh, you know, as well. I, I, again, it's not going to be easy to submit someone like a Habib Nurmagomedov, man. Positionally, he is tremendous. Uh, his pressure, his strength, his ground and pound, um, and, and just the intelligence in which he approaches rounds. He will win every single round out there. Uh, you know, uh, it's just extremely impressive what Habib Nurmagomedov has done. There's a reason why he's an undefeated champion. Uh, I can't wait for this fight. 
I try not to think about the way I'm going to punctuate a fight or the way I'm going to call a fight. I certainly don't have a catchphrase that I lean on. I want it to be organic and sort of live for the moment. But I do find myself thinking about the historical context of this fight between Tony and Khabib because it feels like it's more than an undisputed lightweight championship, right? And for yeah. Tony, obviously, you know, he wouldn't even have a title defense if he wins this fight. But uh, I got some time to think about it. But I just feel like the magnitude of this singular fight is, is as big as, as any fight that I've ever gotten excited for or had Ooh. months to prepare for. So uh, hopefully it stays together, kid. Please, uh, April please. 18th, Brooklyn, New York. All right, today's main event challenge brought to you by OddsShark.com. OddsShark, your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks with expert in-depth analysis for each game. Their free statistics, numbers, and trends will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Head over to OddsShark and start playing like a shark today. That is OddsShark.com. Don't forget that second S. All right, let us get to it. Picks for Washington, D.C. and the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. Anik. The time is most definitely now. Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, and the great Ian Parker now joins us live for the main event challenge. Ian, before we get to the picks for Washington, D.C., and we hope you and the family had a happy Thanksgiving McGregor Cerrone was booked on Thanksgiving Day. I know it was your expectation that this would be the fight that was booked if indeed Conor McGregor returned on this date. I'm not sure if Gaethje was a runner-up in this equation or if their sights were set on this fight really from the outset, but but your thoughts on, on Conor McGregor's return against Donald Cerrone and how competitive a fight that might be come Jan 18. You know what? Uh, first off, happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Um Missed you guys this week. We didn't have an Instagram live. That was a damn shame, but, you know, we had to eat, so I totally get it. Um, in regards to Connor and Cowboy, I think this is the best fight that Connor could be taking matchup-wise for himself. Um, in regards to a return, Cowboy's a big name style-wise. You know, we know Cowboy likes to stand and bang as well. However, Cowboy does have a very underrated ground game. We see him submit a ton of people. Personally, I really love Cowboy at these plus 215 odds right now. I was all over yeah. the minute that popped up. I have a hard time seeing Connor outstriking Cowboy. You know, I know he did it to Eddie Alvarez, um, but that was a while ago. connor has been off for a really long time, and Cowboy's been fighting the cream of the crop ever since. He beat some guys. He lost to some top-notch you know, top guys. I think if Cowboy, I think he's going to be really focused here. This is the payday that he's been waiting for for a really long time. Beating Connor gets him back up there as well. Now, I don't know if Cowboy will ever beat a Tony or a Habib, but he doesn't have to. This is essentially a title fight for Cowboy money-wise, and I think he's going to take advantage for Connor. Yeah. Let's see how serious he is. Um, you know, I, but if anything, I don't think out of all the other guys he would have to fight that there's wrestling is going to be much of a threat. So I do think for Connor, this was the smart way to go. So plus 215 was the price that you saw out there. I didn't see an exact price where I play, but plus 215 was was the price that you got on Cerrone? It was. I was actually surprised. I thought we were going to see like a plus 155 just because connor has been out for so long. But Cowboy landed at plus 215 on one, on one of the sites that I use. Um, where it is right now, I don't know. But if anyone can get Cowboy at plus 215, I really like that value. So Ray Longo thinks Conor McGregor is coming back for the payday. I think there's a lot more to it, and I think Ray respectfully disagreed with that. Ian Parker, in your mind, why is Conor McGregor uh, coming back to the greatest proven ground in combat sports? Um, Payday's definitely got to be one of them. You know, I, I think that for him, he's got nothing else going on right now, and this is where he makes his money. You know, we have no idea in the business world what Proper 12 is doing. He's not going to show you on Twitter uh, his P&L loss. You know, he's only going to show every time there's a billboard for him that it's the best stuff on earth, which whether it is or it's not, I have no idea. Pretty good. Um, it's pretty fucking good. Is it good? You'll... You like I'm it? no right, whiskey cool. connoisseur, you know, but Connor right, personally shot, sent me a I bottle. I drank it on the podcast, <laughs> and you know, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm not afraid to drink Jim Beam, but I enjoyed my proper twelve. You know. All right, we'll have to have Connor on the show sometime, uh, and you know, you know, hand everybody uh, a bottle right, and get drink together, go. right? Exactly. I'll send him um, a DM today. We'll, we'll see how it tastes in real happen. life with him there. But you know, I think for Connor, I think the money's a big factor. I think for him, competition is just in his blood. And I think he does miss it, and I think it's also good for him. You know, the time away, 
We haven't seen too many really good positive headlines for him. Whether it's false, true, whatever it is, I think this is something that he wants to cement his legacy, win or lose. And I think he needs to go back to his roots where he built it, and that was in the cage, talking, talking the talk, but also walking the walk. So, you know, we'll, we'll see January whether he wins or loses, but I think he needs this for his legacy as well. You know, I, I don't know... Uh... I don't know what his motivation is as far as how hard he's training or has been training, um, you know, if it's been consistent throughout the year. However, I, I got to disagree. I, I don't think that money is a factor. I, I don't think this guy needs to make one more dollar in his life if he wants to, you know, he has money for his kids and perhaps his kids' kids at this point if he's investing it properly. That is another question altogether. Uh, but. Um, I don't think it's about money. I think it's about the fact that he's looking at his age and going, it's now or never. If I'm a professional fighter, I need to fight while I can, while I'm still in my prime, because those days will go by very fast. So I think that for him, um, you know, he needs to go out there and take advantage of this time of his age uh, and, and go out there and compete to the best of his ability. I, I think that's what this is about. This is more legacy than money, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. And he has been nothing if not a man of his word. And it seems his desire, his present desire, is to get in an active competition schedule again. And he has these grand visions for 2020. I think it's interesting that this is a fight that's happening at 170 pounds and could potentially be something that is used to earn a lightweight title shot. But uh, Conor McGregor needs a win, and if he gets it on January 18th, you got to think he's going to find himself in a championship situation. Yeah, you right, know, let us, when ahead, it comes Ian. to this fight being at 170, I think this is a similar situation with Nate Diaz. You know, both guys really compete at 55, but why cut the weight if they both don't have to? You know, I, I do think that Cerrone will be the way bigger guy at this weight, which I don't think is an advantage, obviously, for Connor in that situation coming off the layoff. Um, no, but I, I agree with you guys on a legacy standpoint. You know, I, I actually think that if he wins this fight at 170, um, I think they will make him fight a Justin Gaethje, or I think he wants to fight with Masvidal. You know, if you're talking about dollars, if you're talking about legacy, Masvidal's the biggest name out there right now with everything going on. They're throwing his name out there now to box Mayweather, all this stuff. You know, here's the thing. The UFC, the sport of mixed martial arts, loves Conor McGregor for a reason. He brings all eyes back. However he did it, however he does it, every fighter should want him back. You know, whether they like him or hate him, because he gets eyes on the sport, which gets everyone else paid way more money. I'm hoping yeah. Penflow comes out of retirement and fights Conor McGregor at some point. I'd love to see <laughs> that, Kenny. Get your hands on him. But uh, it's the only guy I'll come back for. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> dude, dude, red panty party for Kenny Florian. You come out, I'll take you prop sub Conor in the first round. But I really do think for Conor, it's a legacy thing first, money second, because he's got he has so much money. But my real thing is, if he does get past Cowboy, where where does he go? Is it a Masvidal fight? Is it Gaethje? Is he really the number one contender at 55 if he wins? That, that to me, I still don't see that happening just yet. But because of who he is, it's totally possible. It'd be great because I'd have the podcast involved. Anik would be calling the fight, Ian, and then you could roll me out in the wheelchair on the way to the octagon. It'd be perfect. There you go. I'm about to push out I'd a tweet, Kenny a lot of money, you know, I'd be betting a lot of money whether Kenny wanted to win or lose. Kenny, that's up to you, bro. <laughs> You just tell me what you want to do. We'll make it happen. I'm about to tweet Ken Flo. It's the only fight I would come back for. As I think today might actually be the. the, I think this might this might actually be the eight year anniversary to the day of Ken Flo's retirement in Las Vegas. But guys, we got to move forward. You don't think TJ DeSantis has better fucking shit to do with the rest of his day than listen to you two jab back and forth about Conor McGregor? All right, I don't. One (laughs) forty (laughs) two. <laughs> 142 to 139 is the team Florian lead as we hit <laughs> UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Rosenstrike. I knew after two dark weeks the fans would just be jonesing for a UFC Fight Night. Hopefully we'll do a big number on ESPN this Saturday night. Capital One Arena, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. We got seven total predictions from the fellas today. First pick, the featured prelim in the welterweight division. Timmy Means, minus 255. Tiago Pitbull Alves, plus 200. 20th UFC appearance for Tim Means Business. He was knocked out by Nico Price in Wichita back in March. Alves, the underdog here, Ian Parker, making his 27th UFC start, but third of 2019. What do you think here, Means and Alves, Ian? 
Oh, I'm all over Tim Meads in this fight. I'll parlay him with every other play I do. Uh, you know, Thiago Alves is, is uh, it's one of those things where there was a guy who was a championship contender, injuries, time. He's been in the sport for a really long time, and I just don't see where he wins this fight against Tim Means. I think Tim Means is still a real nasty fighter. He's still very dangerous all over the place. He does not stop coming at you. Getting knocked out by Nico Price, there's no shame in that. Nico's a savage, and shout out to him for knocking out everyone he fights when he doesn't get knocked out. Love Nico Price. But uh, for Tim Means right now, this is a great fight for him style-wise. Alvis is going to stand and bang with him. He'll probably try to throw some calf kicks. I think Means is going to annihilate him in this fight. I love Tim Means. Ken Flo, it's been 10 years since Thiago Alves challenged George St. Pierre for the UFC welterweight title. Almost five years since he last stopped someone. That was Jordan Meehan back at UFC 183 in an incredible fight. But that was January 2015. Alves trying to make it two wins in his last three here. Your thoughts on Thiago against Timmy Means business, kid? Uh, this is a tough one. Listen, I, I think that Tim Means... Um you know, needs to utilize his reach here against Tiago Alves. Um, both these guys are hard guys uh, to bet for and uh, bet on. Um, you know, they've been inconsistent. Um, Tim Means in the clinch, I, I think, will be a problem for Tiago Alves. Uh, if he's able to get that tie clinch and, and get those knees going to the body, to the head, um, that could spell trouble for Tiago. Um, Tiago with those leg kicks, um, I, I think that's what makes him a special fighter. And, and that and him going to the body with that left hook. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, Thiago Alves has been in this game for a very long time. Both these guys have been in the game for a long time. Uh, but I think if we're looking at who's a fresher fighter, um, I, it's probably Tim Means. And, and I agree with Ian here. I, I'm going to have to go with uh, Tim here. But it's it, not an easy pick. All right, next up, first fight on the six-fight main card at Bantamweight. Hell of a fight here, potentially, and pretty close, according to Las Vegas. Rob Font, minus 135. Ricky Simone, plus 105. Little bit of movement towards Rob Font this morning, so I saw Font minus 150. Uh, Ian Parker, Rob Font, Ricky Simone, who do you like? As of right now, today, because it's, it's Monday, um, I'm going to go with Rob Font here. I think he's the way better technical striker. He'll have the reach. And he's just, I, I just think he's smarter. You know, I don't, I'm not really trying to judge Ricky Simone by his fight against Faber. Faber caught him. I just don't know if Ricky has really put together, um, you know, he does have the speed. He's like a Tasmanian devil in there. I just think Rob's experience against better competition, and I think his takedown defense will be enough. And if he can keep this fight standing, I think he'll pick Ricky Simone apart all day. So based on that, I'm going to go with Rob Font. And I do like how the odds are not that crazy. I thought he was actually going to be a heavier favorite just because of how he's been fighting recently and Simone's devastating loss. But listen, it's better for the gambler in this situation. I like Rob Font at those odds right now. Moved 20 cents since last night. Ken Flo, Ricky Simone trying to put that Uriah Faber result back in July behind him. Still only 27 years old. Shiny record, 15-2. and two. Font certainly with more UFC experience. Now, he hasn't fought Rob Font since last December. He was supposed to fight Cody Stamen, John Lineker in June. Both, those, both of those guys forced to pull out. So it's been a while for Rob Font. What do you think he has for Ricky Simone here this weekend? Well, I think for Ricky Simone, he needs to go back to his wrestling and try to put Rob Font on his back, uh, control the pace down there, slow it down a little bit, uh, get to that clinch position. Uh, you can't let a guy like Rob Font get started uh, and gain momentum as the fight goes on. He just tends to get stronger. I do think Rob Font's going to be able to keep it on the feet uh, for the most part uh, and, and outstrike Ricky Simone. Um, I, I just like the way he puts it all together. His footwork is, is vastly improving. He's a much more experienced uh, fighter. He has some quality wins over quality fighters. I like Rob Font here as well. All right, next fight is also at Bantamweight. We will have Ken Flo lead here. The aforementioned Cody Stamen, the plus-155 underdog, taking on the 22-year-old Chinese sensation Song Yadong Yadong, minus-190. Song Yadong or Cody Stamen, kid? Who do you like? Yeah, I think Stamen can give uh, Yadong some problems here. Uh, I do think uh, he's the better wrestler. Um, but he, he does get caught trading, and I think Yudong's going to be strong enough to stop these takedowns. He's with the right team. You know he's going to be working uh, on his takedown defense. Um, I like Song Yudong here, um, and I, I think he's going to be able to outpoint him. I think he's a way more powerful striker, and uh, Stamen's got to be very careful trading on the feet with him. 
Ian Parker's song, Ya Dong, is really fun to watch live. Probably pretty fun to watch on TV, I would think, as well. He's 4-0 in the UFC, three finishes, as many bonuses, seven straight wins overall, and definitely a kid who's going to go for the finish. Stamen on the other side, I know you like wrestlers, Ian Parker. Very accomplished amateur wrestler here, 18-2 and as an MMA pro. Big spot for Cody Stamen. What do you think he does with it this weekend? You know what? I'm with Kenny on this one. As much as you're right, I have a soft spot for wrestlers. I I, I like Song Yudong here. I, I do. I love what I've seen out of him so far. You know, his poise for someone as early in their career as there is. Um, his striking has been devastating. Very tactical. His speed, I think, is going to be a huge factor. I think with Cody Stamen, you know, I, I just think sometimes with his wrestling, it's just too predictable. And then what happens is he just stands and he gets caught trading, like Kenny said. And against a guy like Yudong, you cannot do that. The power's there. You know, with, with Song Yudong, and I just, I don't know if Stamen is going to be able to easily get this fight to the ground and grind it out. I just don't see any other way he wins this fight. So I'm going to go with Song Yudong as well. He's just, he's a very exciting fighter. This is a nice test for him in regards to a, a legitimate wrestler who could threaten to put yeah. him on his back. But I just don't see Sadong be able to be outmatched here. So I'm going with, the, as you say, the Chinese sensation. Song Yudong, number 13 in the world, Cody Stamen, number 9. But as we mentioned, he is the underdog this weekend. All right, right back to you, Ian, here. The women at 135 pounds. Aspen Ladd, the favorite, minus 150 versus Yana Kunitskaya, who is plus 120. Ladd, of course, memorably stopped by Jermaine Durandamy. It was a 16-second main event this, sum- this summer in Sacramento. Got to think she comes in hungry here. What do you think about this matchup, Ian? I do. I do think she comes back hungry. I think this is going to be this matchup is not going to be as easy as people think. I think people just don't know her opponent all that well. Who does? Who is a very comfortable fighter? Meaning she could take the fight anywhere and be okay. However, the clear path to victory here for Aspen Lat. She's got to go back to her comfort zone. She can't be overly confident with her striking. She needs to get this fight to the ground as early as possible. She needs to maintain dominance on the ground, control the pace there, and go back to those elbows. Go back to that devastating ground and pound. You know, it's, she didn't really get to do a whole lot against Jermaine Durand and me. She got caught, which we all thought she would, and she did. But she, it doesn't mean that, you know, she's kind of taken a step back. That's just the top-of-the-line competition, and she got rocked by one of the best strikers in that weight class ever. So for this fight, I, I think for her to kind of get her confidence back and not let that be a, a true roadblock, just do what you do best. Don't try, and tr- don't try anything new. Don't be tricky. Don't try to be cute with anything. Just go in there, force the clinch. Go to your strengths, get this fight to the ground, and end it. And I think that's what she's going to do. So I will go with Aspen Ladd in this fight. Ladd's still just 24 years old. A lot of amateur experience before her pro career. Now coming in off her first pro loss. Kunitskaya on the other side. The less talked about fighter, obviously, in this equation. But very talented, very confident. Only UFC lost to Cyborg. Now she's won two straight. Her significant other is Tiago Maheta Santo. Seems like they got a good thing going there in Vegas in terms of the training, the relationship. Uh, number five versus number seven here, Kenny. You, your thoughts on Ladd and Kunitskaya? You know, I think from what most people have seen, um, a lot of people would go with Aspen Ladd here. Um, you know, we have to make sure that she she has her weight in order, that she has had a good training camp. All those things um, have been a factor with her. She's still young. Uh, hopefully she's maturing and has learned a lot from her previous fights. Um, but I think Kanitskaya uh, uh, is... Uh, is the dog here to, to pick. I, I think she can win this fight. She has a tendency of um, going the distance repeatedly in her fights. She's tough to finish. She will stick around. Uh, she'll find a way to win rounds. Um, she's as tough as they come. We all know that about Russians. They're not going to tap easy. They're not going to get knocked out easy. Um, I like Yana in this one. I, I'm actually going with the underdog pick here. It's a great fight and good analysis, and you have her teed up well. I mean, she is every much, every bit, everything that you just described. And and again, I think the confidence is starting to to be aligned with the skill set, yeah. and obviously a, a big one in front of her against Aspen Ladd. All right, heavyweight division, the king of Kenosha, Ben Rothwell, the minus 140 favorite here against the skyscraper, Stefan Struve, who comes back at plus 110. Ian Parker, your thoughts on the big guys? This this one's a t- this one's a tough fight, you know. With Stephen Struve, you just never know who you're going to get. You can get the guy that gets knocked out easily, and you can get the guy that's willing to finally use that giant range, that long range, and, and really, uh, you know, make it happen. Use that front push kick. I just don't know if he's going to be able to handle the aggression of Ben Rothwell. I think Rothwell, because of when he wins, he's aggressive. His last whatever his last couple fights 
we haven't seen that out of him. There's almost been this hesitancy that we're just not used to. I think for this fight, this is kind of a, for both guys, it's go big or go home. Both of them are on the, at the tail end of their career. For me, this is more of a coin flip. You know, oh, man, this one's really hard. In the, on a gambling standpoint, I'm not touching this one with a 10-foot pole. But in regards to this challenge, man, I, I was hoping Stroob would be a bigger underdog here, but I'm going to go with Rothwell. I just think his power, I think he'll be able to hitch, get, uh, get to Stroob's chin, and I think that's what's going to do it. Uh, otherwise, you know, this fight for me is, at, with both these guys at this point in their career, is a really tough one to pick. Ken Flo, Ben Rothwell, 38 years old, 48 professional fights, and that is after missing all of 2017 and 2018. He's back at an active competition schedule, third fight of 2019. He has yet to win one, favored to do so here against Stefan Struve, who, of course, has flirted with retirement in the past. Your thoughts on Struve and uh, Big Ben? You mentioned retirement uh, on the mind of Stefan Struve. You know, that's one of the big factors for me. Um, when a guy is playing around with that, of retiring, not retiring, uh, you know he's unsure of himself. And again, the, the big question mark for Stefan Struve throughout his career has been his work ethic. How much, how badly does he want it? How hard is he training in the gym? Um, unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of unfulfilled potential left on the table uh, with him. He could have been uh, a fantastic fighter in the heavyweight division. Uh, I feel like he just hasn't fulfilled that destiny. Um, I like Ben Rothwell here. He's a guy that perhaps doesn't have a lot of those physical characteristics um, that Stefan Struve was, was born with, but he really does make the most out of it. And when he goes to fight, you know where his mind and where his heart is at. This guy is going to try to hurt you. He's trying to win the fight all the time. He's not going to give up easy. I like Ben Rothwell here. And he trains his ass off, not to say that Struve does not, right? But I believe he's a Luis Claudio <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt at this point in time as well. And uh, mm -hmm. we'll see. Could be an interesting matchup, especially if it goes to the ground. Struve and Rothwell, part of the main card this weekend on ESPN. All right, co-main event. Ken Flo leads here. Title eliminator, I guess, of sorts in the strawweight division. Marina Rodriguez, minus 125. Cynthia Calvillo, minus 105. So Calvillo, slight underdog here, Ken Flo, did the bulk of her training camp at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. She's just married to the game. I mean, as motivated as it gets. I don't know Rodriguez as well, Rodriguez, excuse me, but she is a hell of a fighter. Obviously, she deserves the distinction, I think, as a slight favorite here. Your thoughts on Rodriguez and Calvillo in a big fight this weekend. You're killing me, Yannick. This is a tough one. Going first here uh, is difficult. Listen, I, I think that Calvillo is going to have the advantage on the ground. There's no doubt about it. And I believe she mentioned that in one of the interviews leading up to this fight. If this fight goes to the ground, right. she's going to give me her neck and a hit. Now, I don't doubt that. I just think that for her, being the smaller fighter here against Rodriguez, it's not going to be easy. And I was really impressed with Rodriguez's uh, composure, her calmness, and a lot of these fights, her win over Tisha Torres, uh, I thought was tremendous. Um, she has not been taken down. Um, you know, it, it, she, in the clinch, she's very good from there. She utilizes more of a tie-style approach, utilizes beautiful knees and elbows there. I think Calvillo might be in trouble if she ends up in that clinch a lot. I think for Calvillo, she needs to time the perfect single or double leg. If she's able to do that, uh, I, I like her chances. I just think that Rodriguez does a great job of keeping you all the way on the outside with her reach extremely well. And if you shoot, yes, you could take her down but you also become very vulnerable to taking a knee on the way in. Um, I think Rodriguez surprises people, stays undefeated, and gets the decision win over Calvillo. And I, I think the world of Calvillo, I love yeah. the way she fights. I think she could be a future champion. I just think this is a tough stylistic matchup for her. What a fight. Number nine versus number 10 in one of my favorite UFC divisions. Marina Rodriguez, 12-0-1. That win over Tisha Torres back in August. She'll try to reel in a big one here, Ian Parker. Your thoughts on Rodriguez and Calvillo? Hey, Kenny, going first on all these fights isn't so easy, eh? <laughs> it is not. It is and? not. Especially and? this one. This is a tricky one. You get, John, you make him go on one of these, all other fights, I go first, and he's complaining. Listen to this guy. All well, right, anyway. it's interesting. I'm well, hey, I just want to interject here for a second because when we get to the South Korea show, we got to sort of figure if it's as close as it is right now, 
got to sort of figure out how we want to attack that because if Ian's trailing by three or four picks, I would think he would just want to wait and see which way Ken Flo goes. And, and some people say, oh, you can't compromise the rules of the main event challenge, but you guys reserve the right to change your picks up to Friday anyway. So True. up until they walk, actually. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes on the 21st. But uh, at least right now, Ian, we, we need a prediction here on the Comey. Real quick before that, though. Yeah, Ken, yeah, yeah. Kenny may be whining, but Parker turns into a duck. What was that? Huh? 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, you had two weeks, and that's the best you got. You called me a fucking duck. Well, I mean, I- I'm sorry you make the similar sounds to a barnyard animal. Like, I don't know. I don't know what do you want from me? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you did it again. Either. See? See? Kenflo's got to go. Anyway, back 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 got? to the fight. Uh, okay. Thank you, old McDonald. Uh, anyway, so. In regards to this fight, Kenny pretty much broke it down perfectly. Here, here's my only thing. After watching the fight with Tisha Torres and Rodriguez, you know, Tisha just could not get inside. She wasn't really trying to set up her takedown. She wasn't really attacking the legs with those inside leg kicks that she normally does. So she wasn't able to slow Rodriguez down at all. And I think Cynthia is just a... Uh, she's just a more aggressive, way more aggressive than Torres. I think that's one of the things that Torres has an issue with in a bunch of her fights that everyone thought would be way closer, right? In this fight, you got someone, Rodriguez, who's super aggressive, and I think where Kenny hit it right on the head was that he, she is going to land that, that double leg takedown that way where she's going to have to time it, and this is the perfect fighter to do it against. This woman's going to come at her with elbows, flying knees. She'll be crazy, and Cynthia has the wrestling to do it. I do think Cynthia's striking has come as a, re- a really long way. She's used to fighting taller, taller fighters, um, and I think she's fought better competition overall. This is kind of a coin flip because if this fight goes to the ground, Cynthia all day. If this fight stands up, based on what we've seen, Rodriguez. But I got to make some moves. This isn't a. Is this considered an underdog pick, John? Because Cynthia, yes. at the moment, you said is minus one hundred five. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to take Cynthia in this fight. Um, I, I think she'll win by decision. I do think she'll be able to get this fight to the ground. I'm not worried about her cardio. I think she's aggressive enough to get this against the cage. I'm going Cynthia here. All right, main event at heavyweight, also a close fight according to the odds. Alistair Overeem, minus 125. Jarzinho Rosenstrike, minus 105. No denying Biggie Boy's power. 3-0 and in the UFC. All those fights in 2019. All of them knockouts. Junior Baby Albini, Alan Crowder, and most recently Andre Arlovsky. Ian, getting a real credentialed contender here. The sixth-ranked Alistair Overeem as the Reem goes for a third consecutive win. Heavyweight main event. Overeem, Rosenstrike. Which way you go? This one is so weird for me. Um, I love that they put Rosenstrike in this matchup, but I think Overeem is not going to agree with me there. The problem is, how do you base this fight You know, per their careers? Overeem has been around forever, fought the best, super dangerous, well-rounded, could take this fight to the ground. We have no idea of Rosenstrike, how he is, if he gets put on his back. We just know he's been knocking out literally everyone they put in front of him within minutes. But the guys he's been knocking out... Are they really, like, the super top-of-the-line guys? No. Arlovsky's been tough forever, but still, that punch did not look like it had a lot on it, which means this guy's super powerful. I think Overeem, oh, man, I want to pick Rosenstrike so bad here because of the momentum, he's exciting, and Overeem is definitely a chinny fighter. He, he can get knocked out. We've seen it. You know, and I just don't know if over. Oh, man, this is hard. I, I want to take the underdog here because of the points, and this is where I can separate myself from Kenny. And I think Overeem's ego will not let him take this fight to the ground. I think he's going to try and prove that Rosenstrike doesn't belong in the top five. So based on that, I, I may change my pick here, but I, I'm going to, you know what, I am. I'm going with the momentum. I'm going to go with Rosenstrike. If he can keep this fight standing, that power scares me. Not that Overeem doesn't have it, but this dude may be the real deal. And that last name is awesome for a heavyweight knockout artist. So I'm going Rosenstrike. I'm going to say knockout round one. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's. The duck, I can't. Oh, you I mean, such I, an asshole today. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I deserve that though. I hope this, if this nickname, I just hope this doesn't stick. IP, if we start calling you the duck, you know, you don't need that. <laughs> That's not a good nickname. And I've been called so, I've been called so much worse. Whatever, I can handle all right, it. We'll t- all right, all right. Yeah, Ian, are you picking Rosenstrike because you think he's Jewish? Is that the deal? You <laughs> think Rosenstrike? He's from Rosenstrike. <laughs> He's from Suriname, man. Come on. 
All right. Well, listen, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you, dude. Listen, I, I think Rosenstrike is very dangerous, especially with that left hook going backwards, man. And I'm really angry at you for picking him because I think he definitely has the ability to catch a lot of very good high-level strikers. For me, I feel like he is a higher level or a higher skilled or much more skilled black beast in a lot of ways. And I mean that because of his ability to really throw some high level counters, yet he still has the power of a Derek Lewis. Um, I also think he's a much better um, kicker. Uh, his knees are very dangerous as well. Um, whether he can keep the feet, uh, keep the fight on the feet for a long time against Overeem, I don't know. That's the big question mark for me. Uh, I think that should be Overeem's approach here. I think if Overeem wins this fight, he has to be extremely boring. He's got to be very careful when he goes in to try to strike with Rosenstrike. I think Rosenstrike's going to be faster. I think he's going to be cleaner on the counter. Um, so for Overeem, he's got to change levels and take him down and keep him down. Um, not going to be easy. It's possible, but not easy. I like Rosenstrike here as well. By knockout, Kemflow. Uh, sorry. Yeah, let's go knockout round two. Round two for Jarzinho Rosenstrike. All right, good work out of you, fellas. A lot of close fights, obviously. Seven predictions, and I know you both did your homework. It's kind of nice for me just sitting back and listening and uh, not having to give a prediction. You know, <laughs> This is the hardest thing I do. I hate giving predictions, but uh, it's tough. As long as I get to beat Ian here, I'll be okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ian yeah, Parker. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's been, it's been an interesting show. I've been called a duck, and I've been saying that I'm making a, a choice on Rosenstrike because his first name is half Jewish. <laughs> what a show today, guys. What a show. <laughs> hey, John Hanek, I thought I'm on your team. Where's the defense, bro? <laughs> you showed up to my charity challenge event with a Team Parker t-shirt. I mean, <laughs> and now you're on my team. You approved it. You approved it. Listen, wow. not only am I on your team, but we're both Jewish, so I'm on that team as well. Don't get <laughs> salty right. over a shirt that you approved. Come on, bro. You know I love you. Help me out. Oh, man. Guy makes two Team Parker t-shirts. My wife's like, there's no Team Anik t-shirt, huh? Just Team Parker. I was like, yeah, and Team Parker doesn't exist until 2020. I think we're going to have no choice but to, to create Team Parker to make this guy happy, you know? Oh, too John's, John's brother wanted the other shirt. That's a fact. Yeah. No, I'm sure he's a big Ian Parker guy. All right, buddy, have a uh, have a great week and uh, buckle up because next week's obviously one of our bigger shows of the year. Three title fights at UFC 245. Get some rest, kid. Let's do it. I'm in. All right, a couple things here quickly on the way out. Uh, John Annex MMA Charity Challenge. The official launch is going to be December 14th for the final pay-per-view event of the year. And I'm happy to announce here on the show today uh, that the Charity Challenge December 14th will be benefiting Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster's foundation, the Juju Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to the, to the support of youth initiatives and lifting the spirits of those in need. So very happy to have the Juju Foundation on board. Stay tuned here for details coming up, leading up to December 14th. But... Uh, very excited to get that thing going. Also, if you are in Southern California this Sunday, December 8th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., May Rocky BJJ, 11677 Santa Monica Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. All eyes on Ken Flo. Do you get nervous for these seminars anymore? <laughs> you got to take pictures and, and teach jujitsu and leg locks and shit. I mean, you get, get anxious for these seminars or just another day at the office? Another day at the office. Yeah. I'm excited to meet everyone who, who shows up. And also, um, uh, with leg locker uh, apparel, we will actually be donating uh, some money to a charity uh, to uh, for, for kids who need shoes or sneakers. Uh, so we'll be doing that uh, right around the holidays. So it's for a good cause as well. And, and I hope... Uh, uh, the people that show up get to learn some new techniques and get to uh, be able to utilize them, whether they're in competition or training. And uh, we should have a fun time. So thank you guys and Nick for, for making that uh, announcement and uh, awesome about your charity as well, man. I'll be making my picks for that as well. Thank you, buddy. All right, MayRockyBJJ.com. You can also sign up at the door, 11677 Santa Monica Boulevard, this Sunday at 10 a.m., 60 bucks. You get a photo with Ken Flo and so very much more. And no gi, correct? It's a no yes, gi seminar? Exactly. We'll be covering oh, leg locks. No. Yes, sir. You leave, got it. Leave this. your fucking pajamas at home. <laughs> Just kidding.
<laughs> just kidding. You'll never hear me call jujitsu jits on the program because I would really fear my life if I dropped a jits. But I'm okay calling it a, a gi pajamas. Yeah. All right. Today's show is dedicated to the memory of, of Anaya Haley Blanchard. Most of our listeners and viewers know by now that Anaya's remains were found after an extensive search. She was the stepdaughter of UFC heavyweight contender Walt Harris, who is just an, an outstanding man. And as many of you know, he was going to headline for the first time in the UFC this weekend against Alice. Overeem. I just want to read Walt's Instagram post and then just have a couple comments on the backside. My sweet baby girl, I just want to thank you for helping me change my life for the better, for teaching me how to be a man and a better father, for being my biggest fan, win, lose, or draw, for always knowing what to say to put a smile on my face and lift me up when I was down and wanted to give up. You light up my world in so many ways. This pain is unbearable. I know you want me to be strong, but it is so hard, baby. It is so hard. I'm going to find a way. I promise you I will. Right now, nothing makes sense, and I'm so lost. I just want you back. I hope I made you proud. I'm going to keep going. Daddy just needs time. I love you so much. Look after us like you always did. We need you now more than ever. My little mighty, mighty tiger is an angel now. I love you, baby girl, forever and ever. And... I guess you hope in some respects that, that Walt and his wife Angela and the entire Blanchard-Harris family can, can draw some positives and some inspiration from all the love and support that is out there in the MMA community. But I just feel so badly for Walt and his family, and I just I don't know how, how time heals this. I think you just step into your new life, and, and you just kind of got to take it day by day and, and hope that the day after the previous one is, is better than that one was, you know? Uh, absolutely. And I, I don't know if you ever recover from something like that. Um, you know, I, I think it does provide a certain amount of understanding of this world, a certain amount of appreciation of this world. Um, I, I've probably read that twice. Um, I've, I've heard you uh, read his Instagram post now. Uh, so I'm listening to that for the third time, really every single time it brings tears to my eyes. It, it is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, that is not an easy thing to deal with. It is something you deal with, uh, over time. And, um, my prayers and thoughts go out with that family. And I know that that does not help, um, them find closure at this point. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, w when you deal with something like that, it, it does, uh, bring something to your life and it does bring something positive as long as you know you appreciate all those moments no, nothing is guaranteed in this life um, we, I will not be around for my daughter you know the whole time I will die or she will pass and th that's the hardest thing and the scariest thing for me to come to terms with um, and all I can do is control what I can control control what we can control appreciate every single moment and um and that's it. Love as hard as we can. And uh, I'm so sorry to hear that news. And, um, you know, Walt Harris is just one of the great guys in this sport, man. And, um, you know, I, I do hope that he, he finds some peace, him and his family find some peace um, at some point. Uh, that's beautifully put. I know you've got personal experience, not a similar circumstance per se, but uh, it's just really hard. You know, I think a lot of us just crumbled to the ground when we got the news that uh, indeed and I was gone, even though none of us have met her. I think Walt certainly has a deeper understanding now of the impression that he has made on this MMA community because yeah. to a man and a woman, this roster just reaching out in droves to Walt Harris. And, and I just want to say as far as his pro career is concerned, because that's a very difficult thing in all of this, too. Yeah. There are four surviving children, and it's not like he plays for the Boston Celtics, and in a few weeks, maybe you go back to practice, and eventually in a few months, maybe they put you in a game situation, and, and you put the ball in the hole. You know, he's in, in a violent combat sports setting, and I... I, I feel like he's going to want to, you know, continue to make his daughter proud and press forward. But I just think it's it's going to be really hard for Walt Harris to turn that page and to get back into a training and eventual competition setting, um, you know, given what he has seen and heard and, and been through over the last few months. And just also the ups and downs of emotions. I mean, he needs to find some kind of uh, consistency there internally, uh, and, and find some peace within himself. Um, and that's going to take time man. you know, everything from hearing the news that his daughter's missing and then, um, you know, them finding some information and then a suspect and a suspect here. And then it's just, man, that that's a roller coaster ride that I hope no one has to deal with. 
Um, and again, it, it's just heartbreaking hearing that news. And um, Walt, again, is, is one of the good guys. And, and um, I hope him and his family are, are going to be okay in, in the near future, man. And I think they will be. And you know the UFC is going to do right by them. I mean, Walt was on the cusp, Kenny, of making big money in this sport, right? You knock yeah. out Strovereem out this weekend, potentially become a heavyweight contender. And, uh, of course, he's got a lot more on his plate than that. But we love you, Walt Harris, from day one, man. And uh, if you had any idea, and hopefully you do, just how much support is out there, maybe it would warm one part of your heart as you go through this just – unfathomable uh tragedy so uh rest in peace to anaya blanchard and uh you know we'll be thinking about the family for the weeks and months and years to come all right we got to get out of here though for ken flo and the rest john and saying so long for now thank you all for listening don't forget the new youtube channel is out as well the fights wall to wall on espn saturday night we'll be right back with a recap for you on monday and of course a preview of ufc 245 usman versus covington that is december 14 dateline las vegas nevada until then everybody have a great week don't text and drive talk to you next monday yo later sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus and wagering week is your antidote i'm tom martin and i'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build espn's brand i've been recognized and awarded by pro football weekly and gaming today magazine as the honest handicapper let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines we'll give it to you straight here every friday on wagering week don't gamble with other podcasts let sports garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.